All right, welcome to a Thursday edition of AFC North Talk. I am Tony Serino. I'm going to be representing the Pittsburgh Steelers on today's show. Unfortunately, Sonny is in the process of moving right now. He cannot be with us, uh, but he would normally be here representing the Baltimore Ravens. Make sure you check out, if you're a Ravens fan, check out his channel on YouTube, SZG Sports. But I am joined today by two of my favorite people to talk AFC North football with. We'll start with Ace from New Stripe City. Ace, how are you today? I'm doing great, man. As you can see, you know, we're, we're on an NFL channel, but, you know, I'm Laker down, Lakers in four, so I'm feeling very good uh, after that. Hopefully we can get something from my Bengals this week. I'll tell you what, it might be it might be Lakers in three after that game last night. That was a uh, that was a beatdown. Also joined by Quincy Carrier. You can find him on YouTube searching Quincy Carrier. He represents the Cleveland Browns. Quincy, how are you? I'm doing good. You know, the Lakers might sweep the NBA finals, but the Bengals ain't going to win in four weeks. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, they may get one. Actually, let's let's start there because they actually they, look. We talked about this last week. Ace. They they should have got a win last week. I mean, they should have got a win in week one, but right. they should have got a win last week. There was a, a, a tough game against the Eagles. You end up in a tie. And now, you know, back to back weeks feels like this is another game where the Bengals have a real chance to get a win. They play the Jaguars this week. Yeah, for me, I think that, like you said, there's always kind of been, I think outside of, outside of really, well, honestly, almost all of them, I would say outside of the Browns, but all of these other games have felt like these are winnable games. This could be the first win of the season. But I think what some of these games have shown us Bengals fans is the fact that our coaching staff is is somewhat inept. So We've got the bad coaching staff. We've got the bad offensive line. Joe Burrow is there to play. But, again, this is another game where coaching is going to have to win this game. And, honestly, I'm not optimistic this week. I've, I've read some of the comments. I hear you guys calling me a homer. I'm not a homer this week. I think that the Bengals could potentially lose this game. The only thing that may save us is that, apparently, Jacksonville's pass rush is not is pretty much non-existent. We'll find out because we do not – protect the passer so we're gonna see who's really what it is in the trenches uh this weekend but if we can keep guys off of joe burrow yeah joe burrow can definitely light up this jacksonville defense which obviously with them moving on from jalen ramsey and abuye and several solid pieces isn't the same jacksonville defense but they do have some solid players over there you talk about miles jack you talk about joe sherbert who came from the browns who apparently is doing his thing there and is actually helping Miles Jack out by sliding him to a different position. And you also talk about the rookie corner that they have there. I know he got torched last week, but I still think that I think his name is Henderson, Xavier CJ Henderson. Henderson. Like yep. CJ, CJ Henderson. Henderson. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a solid kid. So we have to do what we can against that secondary um, and definitely protect Joe Burrow. That way we come out with a win. But honestly, with this staff, I'm not confident in it. And I'm worried that the Bengals could lose to Jacksonville. Is this the week, though, Ace, that, that Joe Burrow finally hits a deep ball? Like, this got to be. I mean, four weeks into the season, he's got to hit it, right? With this coaching style of Zach Taylor, I'm not sure. I think one of the issues with him not being able to get the deep ball is he doesn't have enough time to yeah. actually get the deep ball out there. Like, you look at some of these routes when they get run, and you look at any route that's over 15 yards, and it's like, this guy doesn't have time. Like, he, he's getting hit before these routes develop. So, I would hope so. I was actually upset last game because I was looking at the game, and I was like, we did not throw a deep shot the entire game. Like you have to at least at one point take a shot, right? Yeah. Um, the Bengals haven't done it. Hopefully we'll do it now. Uh, hopefully Zach Taylor is going to make that adjustment, but we'll see. Uh, one thing I should point out about this game, the, the 
the Bengals are favorites in this game. Vegas has the Bengals as a three-point favorite. Now, I know this is a home game for Cincinnati, and usually the way that the uh, you know the, the odds makers do it is that a three-point favorite is basically the, the standard for a home team. And so if you see a three-point favorite, that generally speaking means that they see these two teams as even. But given that there's no fans right now, are there going to be fans at this game, by the way? Because I know this game there are going to be fans at there this are game. Be fans. This will be the first game that fans are allowed. So a lot of Houday Nation mm-hmm. um, is definitely pumped up for this game. Bengals captain is going to be there. I think he's actually doing a giveaway. So if you are a Bengals fan, be sure to check him out on Twitter. I think he's giving away some tickets to the game. But this will be a game that has Bengals fans there. Quincy, how about you? Do you the, Vegas sees this as a Bengals are the favorites? Do you see the Bengals as favorites in this game? I think they could win this game. It's hard for me to say they should win this game when I just have no faith in their ability to keep Joe Burrow upright and in order to get the most out of Joe Burrow. Um, if Joe can do what he can, I mean, this is a secondary that got torched up by Ryan Fitzpatrick a couple, like a week ago on Thursday Night Football at yeah. home on Thursday Night Football. And as we've discussed, at home on Thursday Night Football, you really can't get a better home field advantage of that. It's not like Miami's this great team either. So, you know, very concerning there that they got torn up there. Um, and I think that's going to be kind of, you know, when teams look really bad at the start or like in the um, offseason, like we think Jacksonville is going to look like. Sometimes they do this thing where they start off decent and they go, so everybody can be like, see, they're not going to be terrible. Everybody was hating on us. The Browns have done this a couple of times where they tied with Pittsburgh or like they had a tight game with Pittsburgh in week one. And the year they went 0-16, they did this, where they had a tight game with Pittsburgh. And people were like, oh, see, this Browns team, they can recover. They're not going to go. They're not going to be 3-13 and bad. You know, they're not going to be that bad. And then – Something happens throughout the season. You lose a tight game or you just get beat by somebody you shouldn't that just blows the wheels off of the entire thing. And I think this might be that moment for Jacksonville. Are they going to get the same amount of pass rush that Philly did? I don't think so. Or Cleveland, no. Or even L.A., no, because they don't have anybody who's singularly as good as anybody on that line. Um, And I think this is going to allow Joe Burrow to get just a tad more comfortable, find his guys, maybe a little bit of a breakout game for A.J. Green. He's going to have more time to find him. Um, Tyler Boyd's been doing well this season. Find him more often. Um, and then maybe Joe Mixon might reappear and have a bounce-back game after two disappointing weeks in a row. So this is the templates there. They should do it. It's all up to Fred the Sled and Bobby Hart to play league average football. Not great football, just league average ball get a hand on somebody you know just just block somebody and you know the Bengals should win on the other side Gardner Minshew I don't like Gardner Minshew against this defense I think he'll put up some points maybe 14 17 points here but I think Joe Burrow should be able to put up much more against this team especially with fans there those fans are gonna be going crazy for Joe Burrow yeah. uh, and it does make a little bit of a difference uh, I meant to talk about this last week but uh Baltimore man I think they're hurting themselves because like it's one thing to not have fans which is fine like I get it the situation we're in but like to have your stadium atmosphere to be as terrible as it is in Baltimore I mean I've watched like three two of those games both home games they had the Cleveland one and then the Monday nighter and it's bad like pittsburgh's isn't that isn't bad like yeah that. well you can, yeah you can what's interesting about it is when the camera's not showing the crowd for most teams like even with houston but with baltimore it's like what are they are they just playing ambient crowd noise on are youtube they, and just saying are hey, they not 
Wait, hold on. Are they playing? Like, okay, a Monday night's game. It didn't even sound like they were playing crowd noise at all. I mean, that, that stadium sounded dead. And I know that they had, like, you know, family and friends there or whatever. But, like, it was too dead an atmosphere. I agree with you. I mean, it was way too dead an atmosphere for what should have been the biggest game of the season. It's like when you go back and play, like, a PS1 Madden and you're like, wow, crowd noise has advanced <laughs> early throughout the, like, sound design has gotten so much. Because that's what it sounded like. It sounded like just PS Every other game sounds like regular old Madden, which is fine. Like, when you don't see the crowd, it's actually, you don't really notice it that much. But, man, it was, I don't know what they're doing there. I think, so I do think the Joe, Joe Burrow is going to get some extra juice. Maybe Bobby Hart gets some extra juice and actually plays right tackle this week. That's what he needs. Yeah, yeah. And see, Bobby Hart's a, an all-pro tackle with fans in the stand. Right? That's, what we're, that's what we're missing. <laughs> right. This is pro ace right here. Yeah, Bobby Hart, he's got to show that he can live up to that contract. Better chance of me hitting another 10-10 parlay than that happening. <laughs> Better chance uh, of Quincy getting an Xbox pre-order than that. Oh, <laughs> oh. Here's the thing about this game for me when I when I try to evaluate it. There's been such variance with Jacksonville this year that it's tough to get a read on, like, like you were saying, Quincy, like, just who is this team right now? Because before the year, of course, everyone killed them for all the moves that they made in the offseason and just basically unloading the roster. Seemed like they were tanking for Trevor, right? And then they go out, they beat Indy in week one, which I don't think a lot of people saw coming. Especially and especially now, you look back at that now. I don't know if you guys have seen the DVOA this week or or EPA. The Colts are like by DVOA, the Colts are the best team in football right now. The best team in football, the Indianapolis Colts. This is a team that lost to Jacksonville in Week One, and EPA has them just as good. Um, so it's weird. And then, by the way, Jacksonville. It wasn't just like they won that one game. I mean, they were very competitive in that game against Tennessee in Week Two. They were, you know, they had the ball with with a chance to win at the end. I and then they got you know against you magic. I was like, oh, maybe yeah, this stuff yeah, may, maybe right, maybe Thursday night um, football happens. <laughs> here's the thing, though. Here's the thing: they have the worst passing defense. Jacksonville has the worst passing defense by any metric you want to use. I mean, advanced uh, EPA, DVOA, anything you want to use, just throw it out there. They have the worst pass defense, and it's because they can't rush the passer, and their secondary is not that great. I mean, T.J. Henderson, like you talked about, Ace, is a good player so far, um, but I expect this to be a big, big day from Joe Burrow. One thing I want to ask you though is Geno Atkins. I heard he's practicing. I saw he's practicing. Is that is he is yes. he expected to be back this week? Geno is actually in full pads. We'll see. It's the first time this season that he's been in full pads, so we'll have to see. But shout out to Timo uh, Michael or Timo Michelle. Greetings yeah. from Germany. Appreciate that super chat uh, right there, my friend. And he said he says that he loves the AFC North talk, especially his Steelers. So shout out to you, Tony. And he said, have to it's say good night because it's midnight there. Appreciate you for rocking with us, bro. Yeah. But yes, Geno Atkins does appear to be back. All right. So that, that's a big that's a big get for the Bengals in this game. Get some interior pass rush a little bit in this game. Get to Gardner Minshew. I think I think the Bengals put up a ton of points in this game. I would be, uh, you know, I, I think Vegas is right here. I think the Bengals should be favorites in this game. And I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if this game ended up somewhere in the range of like, you know, 28 to 10 or something like that. I would not be shocked because the, the, I'm not sure who Jacksonville is right now. The Bengals have been oddly consistent, right? Joe Burrow, oddly consistent the first three weeks. We kind of know who the Bengals are. So they, they, this is a good matchup for them. I, I, I might I might see a blow up this week. All right, let's move on here. We'll talk We'll talk about Washington against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, we'll do. I think we're going to be quick on this one because I don't imagine any of us are going to have any hot takes here. Uh, Baltimore coming off of a very bad loss on Monday night. Uh, this just seems like it's going to be a, a complete beatdown. Do you see it any other way, Quincy? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I watched this team last week. They played the Browns. I I know what Dwayne Haskins is. And look, the Browns secondary is bad. 
it's bad, especially like the, the coverage linebackers in the middle of the field. He threw an interception in the middle of the field. The Browns have given up five touchdowns in the middle of the field. It's been open for everybody. Dwayne Haskins is the one guy who found a way to throw an interception in the middle of the field. No, no, this is not going to be remotely close. If it is, then hey, you know what? Then I'll buy the hype. Maybe Greg Roman does need to get fired if they can't, if they can't beat this one. Yeah, this is going to be a hashtag beat that booty game already in advance. It's already <laughs> happening. I'm giving it to him. Marcus Peters, start the Baltimore defense this week, ladies. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have fantasy, because turnovers are happening. Because now with the new fantasy football rules, apparently they changed it over last year. Turnovers are the only thing that matters because I lost like a game because San Francisco's defense only got six points, even though they shut a team down to six points. All that matters is sacks and turnovers. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be sacked. Matt Judon's going to be like, I'm going to live up to my contract against Steve Bones. Yeah. Uh, Mar- Marcus Peters is finally going to start looking like Marcus Peters again. And Marlon Humphreys just got like $100 million. So you know what? He'll come in, get him a plate of interceptions. Like, it's going to be... It's going to be like Labor Day. It's going to be a backyard barbecue party in Washington, D.C. because they're going to come there, eat, and be like, see, we still on top because they got to. They have to. They absolutely need to beat Washington because people are really going to be talking nasty about them, and they can't have that. So Baltimore is going to do what they always do. They're going to come back, and they might win this game by like 30 points comfortably. Yeah. ACC the same way? I think that this is definitely going to be a game – uh, that is obviously a, a Baltimore victory. But looking through it, I mean, to me, it really depends on if Chase Young is going to play in this game. He did not practice two days out of this week. One thing that could have kept this game a lot closer than most people thought, and we all were on the same page at first, and then I thought about it more in detail, and I was thinking about what Quincy said early on in the season. The Baltimore Ravens have not done a great job of protecting Lamar Jackson in that pocket. And this yeah. is a very strong defensive line. Now, obviously, if they don't have Chase Young, that's a completely different grade of defensive line. But if Chase Young was playing in this game, I think that it would actually be a lot closer than people would think. But Dwayne Haskins would probably throw three interceptions in the game to allow the Ravens to win the game. So I think that this is definitely going to be a game that Baltimore will win handedly. Uh, But I think that they need to watch out. And this doesn't need to be a game where you have Lamar Jackson in and you're up 20, keep him in the game. And then he gets hit by someone and gets injured by that defensive line. So proceed with caution, but definitely have Baltimore winning this game for sure. Handedly. You know how we can make this game interesting. We should take over under bets on when RG3 will see his first snap in this game. (laughs) Will it be in the third quarter? I I, I might say third quarter. (laughs) Is that too early? I'm gonna say I this may bet. be the Marquis the the Hollywood Brown game. Oh, this he's going for four, yeah, he's gonna go for like two fifty in this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not, we're not gonna, like, like, oh yeah, see, and then yeah, Sonny's gonna come yeah. like yo, he goes off on Washington's defense. Yeah, yeah, and then we gotta hear it, of course. Sonny, who That's missed exactly this entire week of Tyreek Hill slander, by the way. We're we'll not Tyreek Hill, Marquise Brown slander. We'll come back to like he's not that bad and ignore them thirteen yards he had against Kansas City. Uh, I'll yeah. tell you what though. The, I think I think Lamar may go off and running in this game because look the the Washington's linebacking core not very good. They have Sean Dion Hamilton who I liked coming out of college, although you know I think he had a bad hip injury coming out, and so not not exactly the fastest guy. And then they have John Bostic who I know a lot about because I watched him for a year in Pittsburgh. He was very bad. And if you want either of those guys to spy 
Lamar, well, you're asking, you're asking for trouble. So I think Lamar may just run for 200 in this game, and that you know that's an easy way for them to just get out hey, of it. Tony, Tony, they also yeah. have a 38 year old Thomas Davis coming off the bench. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> they could bring Thomas Davis out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. spy Lamar a little bit. <laughs> I don't know what they're gonna do. Maybe Landon Collins to get. It. I have no. I actually have no idea. Uh, but yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be an absolute slaughter. As yes. Sonny would say, though, if it's a little too close, maybe they, maybe Baltimore does have some problems, huh? Maybe, maybe they're just gonna get roasted. I'm not gonna read too much into it if it's close, but I'm gonna roast them a little bit. But you know, it, it is what it is. They should come in and absolute. The, the Baltimore does this though. They'll have a disappointing oh, game and yeah. then they'll murder somebody. Uh, and they, yeah, you know, exactly. they did have a little bit of a letdown. What after they beat after they lost to Cleveland, then they play Cincinnati Week Five. They had a little bit of a close game against Cincinnati that first one, or was it? Pittsburgh. Was that last year? You're talking about last year? Yeah, last year. Yeah, I think it was uh, the second one. It was one of them that was actually close. One, of, The other one was like a complete blowout. I think that that was the first one. Yeah, it either way, like it's, it's a division game. And, you know, division games kind of get a different leeway. But, yeah, it, it, come on. Do oh, yeah, you know what? You know what? After Cleveland – okay, so after after Cleveland beat up on the Ravens last year, uh, they then the, the Ravens then played the Steelers. And that was the game where Duck took them to uh, overtime. Yeah, yeah, that's the game where Duck took him to overtime. Then they had the close one against Cincinnati. Then they beat Seattle and you know they blew out Seattle, and then it was off to the races from there. Washington's not in the same class. Uh- <laughs> As Doc, I agree. I agree. <laughs> do you think that they pull? Do you guys think that they pull Haskins this week? Like if he struggles again, do they put the backup in? Like, do you go to oh, the backup? Yeah, it's Alex Smith. Why so. would you do that to Al- He just got back from a life-threatening injury. You're gonna be like it could be Kyle game. Allen. Apparently, Kyle well, Allen look, is another it's not, there. It's not exactly like Baltimore's got, you know, the best pass rush in the game. So, you know, he might, he might, he might have a that clean pocket has, for him. That offensive line is also bad on Washington. Well, like, you're not wrong. They're not good on any – I feel bad for Haskins at some point, but also, you know, this is what it is. Like, yeah. you know, Washington – I don't know what they're going to do there, but also let's keep in mind, this is a home game for Baltimore, essentially. It's like a two-hour drive, a two-hour bus yeah. ride. Yeah. It's not even like, you know, they got to travel and anything of like weird can happen with travel. Yeah, this is the Washington fans might want to just TiVo this one. <laughs> Charles says, we never had a close game to Cincy. Tony don't know. Check the schedule. I mean, there was a no, six-point game. Yeah, yeah, it was a six-point game, game last year. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, you know, I haven't checked the box score. Maybe they. He's maybe probably they thinking of the other one where they, where they murdered us. But the, yeah. one of those games was close. It was close. I, I remember that game. It's been move right. highlight that I've had to see like 400 million times. Thank you. <laughs> who, who was that, by the way, that got span on Ace on Cincinnati? Uh, that was my guy who is no longer with us, Nick Vigil. <laughs> but then just decided that he wanted to just start making plays when we played the Chargers in week one. It's like, oh, now you go to another team, Nick Vigil, and now you're making plays. But Nick Vigil should have been a special teamer. He had no business being on the field. I was not a Nick Vigil fan. I remember when we first drafted him, people were calling him uh, Luke Keekley, Luke Vigil. I'm like, he is not Luke Keekley. Stop. That is a horrible take. And then he got put in a spin wash machine by LJ, and then it died. Thank God. By the way, can can we just as an NFL fan base, can we just agree on this? Let's stop doing the whole I'm going to compare my rookie to a superstar player because he has one or two similar traits. Wait, why? Uh, So I don't know if you guys know this, but in in Pittsburgh, we have this guy named Chase Claypool. He's a rookie. He's a tall, (laughs) fast receiver. Uh, We call, you know, they used to call Chris Johnson Megatron. Well, Chase Claypool is from Canada, so we call him Mapletron. Uh, so, uh, no, the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base will be declining uh, that, Quincy. We will be calling uh, We will be calling Chase Claypool Mapletron from now on. 
This is bad. When Baker Mayfield had the one good year, everybody was like, "He's Brett Favre, baby, reincarnated." He's so. It, 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 it's not. He Brett turned, Favre. In, he turned not. in the Vikings, Brett Favre. Last oh season. yeah, hilarious, <laughs> hilarious, hilarious. By the way, hilarious. But then we found out. Then Nick Vigil, uh, baby. Oh my god. Nick, oh god. Tyreek Hill. I've heard Tyreek Hill two different times because Antonio Callaway. Browns fans were out here like, "Yeah, he's the next Tyreek Hill." Mm. <laughs> John yep. Ross was the next Tyreek Hill, too. John That's Ross. why I tried to warn you about Ravens fans. Uh, just because he's 5'8 and small does not mean that he's going to Tyreek Hill. That's all it takes. Base. It's, it, oh, my goodness. Wait, hold on. Ace, do you agree with this one, though? Burrow's the next Brady. Uh, you can't call him Brady. I mean, Brady is, I think personality-wise, you may have some traits there, but. I, I, you can't compare people to Tom Brady. I mean, come on. No, it's, it's, it's I mean, no the guy's been to like 12 time. straight AFC championship games. Yeah, I mean, and I think Joe Burrow, they actually asked him that because a lot of people have made that comparison. So AWOL isn't, isn't off there. There's been a lot of people making that comparison before he was actually drafted to the Bengals. It wasn't just Bengals fans that came up with that. But he said, stop comparing me to like, the goat. Like, that's right. just, don't, don't do that to me. Sure. Wait, I mean, the guy's played like three games. He's been good so far. During his college season, they were like struggling to find a comp for Joe Burrow. And everybody was like, I think I saw on CPS somebody was like, you know who he reminds me of? He's Aaron Rodgers, but a little bit more dangerous with the run than Aaron Rodgers, but not as good as a passer as Aaron Rodgers. That's <laughs> who he reminds me of. I'm like, just say Deshaun Watson. Just say Deshaun Watson. <laughs> That's who you describe. That's who Joe Burrow plays a lot like is Deshaun Watson, who both right now are having to run for their lives. So, you know. Yeah. They're, yeah. I bet they're watching each other's tape. Like I feel you, bro. But yeah, it, it, it gets quite, it gets wild sometimes with these comps. All right, before we get to our marquee matchup of the week, which is the Browns playing the Cowboys this week, I do want to spend some time here, real quick, just updating everyone on what's happening with the Steelers and Titans game. It's been announced uh, earlier today that that game is being postponed. Uh, it will not be played in Week Four. The NFL has not said what's going to happen to this point when that game will be played. Although they are insisting that game will be played at some point. My guess, and I think Adam Schefter has already tweeted this earlier today, is that what's going to happen is they're going to shift around the Ravens and Steelers game to fit the Steelers-Titans game in what would have been both the Steelers and uh, and Ravens bye week. So they'll play Steelers-Ravens when there would have been a bye week for the Steelers and Ravens, and then they'll play the Steelers and Titans when Steelers-Ravens is scheduled currently. I believe that's week seven and eight or six and seven right around there. So that seems to be uh, what's going to happen with this game. So this is your bye week? So week four becomes the Steelers bye week, essentially. Now, this is not official yet. Again, so, you know, if you're listening to this in the future, you probably already know what happens here. But as of right now, it feels like week four for the Pittsburgh Steelers will be their bye week. And then they will just have to play the rest of the season, uh, basically, you know, as is. It's kind of a yikes. This is a mess. This is a mess because, like, the only thing I'm thinking of, I applied the NFL for for doing that and and everything. Uh, but and I'm talking to my friend on the Titans. I hope that this isn't true. This is he uh, he works with the Titans. He's saying something about game cancel. I don't know if he's meaning postponed or, or yeah. what that is. Uh, but, you know, you're kind of getting into a slippery slope. Right. Because, yes, it works for this week. But let's say two weeks from now they get back out there. Someone on the Steelers test is positive for Corona. Do you just delay the game again? Like, are we at the point where we start eliminating right. games or, or right. how does how does the NFL make that fit in? I think before the season started, this was something that we were worried about with them not playing in a bubble um, that you expose yourself to this. Now, at first, I thought what they would do is what their original plan was, was, you know, plan on Tuesday, Tuesday night, you know, right. make sure that you can get the guys that are actually healthy out there, you know, make sure the other guys are in quarantine and separated from the facilities and those workers and you play the game doing it this way. 
I think just throws a monkey wrench, especially when you're dealing with 32 teams where at any time these guys are going to be possibly exposed to Corona and you already got two teams with it. I just really wonder what the NFL has in terms of a plan. And I honestly wonder how this happened if they were testing these guys daily. Like, why did it come out? I don't know if they knew it and it happened later, but how did this happen? I think is, is just what we're wondering about. Go ahead. Yeah, and, uh, one of the things that happened, I think they had another guy test positive after the first four initial cases. One, yeah, one was today. That's yeah. What, so that's what set the game back. They were going to play on Tuesday up until that uh, recent discovery. Honestly, it's kind of more indicting on what are the Tennessee Titans doing as a franchise to make sure that they can limit these things because it's not necessarily happening with everybody else. And it seems like they're the reason. Um, but because what Minnesota isn't having the same problems later on this year. So, well, later on so far this week. So that's one thing. Also, Ace, I think you, t- I forgot what the other point was. But yeah, with that whole part of it, that that's one of the issues with why it had to be moved back. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if it's, I don't know. I, I would ask more questions about Tennessee, honestly. Like, what aren't they doing? Why is it, it happening like this um, for Pittsburgh? Yeah it's kind of a little bit of a rough go of it because like a early bye week, you know, your quarterback is 38 years old. You probably want, I mean, I'm, I'm down with big Ben getting the Rona. Let's get big Ben out of there. Let's throw someone, <laughs> someone else out there. When you, they the Bengals. Listen, you don't want Duff back. Duff hey. beat both the Bengals and Browns last year. Hey, hey, Bring hey. on Mason Rudolph. No, come no, on. no, 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 no. Now you're going too far. Now you've gone too far. Hold on. Hey, hey, come on. Man. You gotta be kind. Big, big Ben's in that vulnerable age range. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. You don't want him getting this. High risk. Yeah. yeah. He's high risk. So yeah, let's, let's not wish that on him. Uh, I will say, okay, here's the thing, though. Okay, so I, I've, I've heard a lot of Steeler fans very upset on Twitter today about how, hey, the, you know, the, why are the Steelers having to pay for the Titans' mistake? And, you know, all oh, no, the Steelers are going to have an early bye week, and this is BS. And I, I, I look, you guys know I don't love the NFL. In fact, I, I think the NFL is the worst run league in all of sports. But I will actually give them credit for this one. I think this they're doing this if they schedule it this way, where they move the bye week to week four, and then they switch it around with Ravens, Titans, and uh, or, uh, with the Ravens and Titans. I think that's the best place to do here because the alternatives to this are okay. Move it to Tuesday, which they can't do at this point because people keep testing positive. So they don't know if they're going to allow a player to play who's positive at this point. You just can't have that. So you can't move it to Tuesday. And even if they did move it to Tuesday, that's still crappy for the Steelers because they'd have to prepare for the Eagles on a short week, right? So when we talk about competitive fairness of all this, moving bye weeks to me is is much more competitively fair than having a short week to prepare for a game in which a team has a full week to prepare. The other, the other idea here, which I've seen thrown around, although I don't think I've seen it seriously thrown around, but some people say that the Titans should have to forfeit this game, right? There should be a forfeit, okay? Yeah. Now, okay, these are mostly Steeler fans and, and homers and whatnot, but, okay, there's no way there's no way that like th- this should be a forfeit for two reasons. One, it would be a forfeit if you could prove that the Titans were negligent, right? That they did something that, that causes to happen, not just a, a fluke thing that happened, which you have to assume in the way COVID is spread, you know, you can, you can take all the precautions. People are still going to get it. Um, we've seen that we've seen this in baseball, soccer, everything that has um, where, where you have like public involved in this with travel and everything. People get COVID. I mean, it just happens. But here's the thing about giving the Steelers a free win. Imagine if they did give the Steelers a free win. They just said, yeah, Titans forfeit. And then the Steelers make the playoffs by one game. Is that competitively fair? <laughs> Is that competitively fair? If the Steelers, let's say the Steelers won the division by a game. Is that competitively fair to the Ravens? Right. What if they got home field advantage by a game? Right. And, it's, and they had this forfeit. That you cannot do that, right? So the NFL cannot have a forfeit in this case. The other idea I've seen is week 18, right? That there should be a week 18, and that and they should move this game to the end of the season, so the Steelers can still have 
their their week eight bye week. Here's the problem I have with that. It's two bye weeks. Well, it's two bye weeks, but everyone would get two bye weeks because you would have the week 18 people would get their bye week then, right? So like, but here's the problem. Let's say, let's say the Steelers and Titans, let's say this is this is the only time that COVID ever happens this season. And so Steelers Titans is the only game that has to get moved to week 18. And now this, let's say the Steelers make the playoffs, which they're 3-0 at this point. Let's say they make the playoffs. Well, now the Steelers have to play in week 18, whereas their opponent is going to have a bye week going into the playoffs. Is that is that what we want? Is that competitive fairness? Like, I don't think any of the alternatives that I've seen to this have actual competitive fairness. The, the most fair thing to do is to move the bye week for the Steelers to week four and then move this game to week seven or eight. I think to me, that is the most competitively fair thing. And what, what you know, people keep talking about this week four bye week as if like, oh, an early bye week is like, you know, it's this insurmountable thing. The 49ers had a, had a week four bye week last year. They went to the Super Bowl. Okay. And, and by the way, people must have just like, I don't know, do we all forget about 1999 through 2001 when we, when we added the Browns, there were 31 teams in the league which meant you, you had to have a bye week every week, which means in 1999, the San Diego Chargers, their bye week was week one, week one. And, <laughs> and did anyone scream and go, well, this is not competitively fair. We, we have to cancel the season. We have to add a 32nd team. No, they waited three years. They did three years of that before the Texans became a team. So, uh, you know, this this early bye week stuff I find very silly. I get it. You know, the Steelers had a midweek bye or midseason bye. It would have been nice, but, you know, sp- spare me all that. This is the best the NFL could do. I think that the NFL did what they had to do and, uh, we'll see what happens. I, uh, the only thing for me that's disappointing is now I got to hear from you guys for another two weeks that the Steelers haven't played anybody. Okay, <laughs> because after the Steelers, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> after after the Steelers beat the Titans this week, that is out the window. But now I got to hear it from you guys for another couple weeks. So, we'll I see. think the Jets and Giants should just forfeit the entire <laughs> season because they're going to lose every game. <laughs> And also to Tony's point, imagine if the Steelers would have finished seven and nine but gotten awarded a win because of Tennessee. I would be wrong for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) We cannot have that's it. That's the one. See, well, look what you're doing to Quincy. All right. right, Steelers fans not being fair. All right, let's move on. We got a marquee matchup this week, and it involves the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns have a winning record again from the for the first time since 2014. They play the Dallas Cowboys, uh, who are one and two at this point. And Quincy, you can make an argument that the Dallas Cowboys at this point are one and two, but they should be zero and three. I mean, they had to come back late against the the Falcons in a game that they had no business winning. So this is a a, a, a Cowboys team backs against the wall. Uh, how are you feeling about the Browns' chances on Sunday? Yeah, the Cowboys one and three is very misleading. It's kind of like the opposite of Pittsburgh's three and zero. I had to throw that one in there, but it, 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 it's very misleading, right? Because what they played Seattle, they played LA, like you know, they they played some very good teams, and they came back from like twenty plus points against Atlanta to win that game. So you know, this is an offense that can definitely put up points, um, and can they can put up points in the areas that the Browns kind of struggling, which is the secondary. And I took a deeper look at this. My preview will be up tomorrow morning. But if you look at some of these charts, and I'm about to get into real nerdy territory, sorry, NFL fans. But if you look at some of these charts with that Prescott, where he really kills, is in the middle of the field and at the, you know, underneath. That's where he really kills you. That's where most of his percentage passes are. That's where he gets a lot of his touchdowns. Well, it just so happens that the Browns secondary sucks in the middle of the field and underneath. So... Not really thinking the defense is going to do much against Dak Prescott. So now we got to turn to the offense. And the Browns can can do what they need to do on offense. They are physically capable of it. They have done it before. The problem is 
they have not done it consistently. And that is be able to use your passing game to get downfield very fast. They can do it. It's all there for them. The the Cowboys, just like the Browns, stink underneath. You can really attack them underneath. And against Jalen Smith, who's been terrible in pass coverage this year, you can hit the tight ends and you can go underneath and hit – um. What's his name? Jarvis. La- What's his name? Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry <laughs> underneath. Who's going to be a monster underneath there? You just need to rely on Baker Mayfield to do something he has not done consistently, which is line up and shotgun and sit back, stay calm and hit the zones that are open that are going to be open in the zone. I think that's going to be a key thing. Can Baker Mayfield relax in the pocket and find Odell? Because Odell is going to get open. This week, he's going to be open downfield in front of the like anywhere. He's going to be open. They're going to let him be open. Relax. Find Odell open. Throw it to Odell. If he could do that, he's fine. If he starts bailing on the pocket early, even though he's not really getting pressured and tries to make a play on the outside, that's going to be covered. They're going to be able to cover those things. So that's going to be the question for Baker Mayfield. He's done it more in the past where he's breaking the pocket for no reason and not stayed comfortable and not found his mans in his zones. That's what makes me really nervous about this game because if it comes down to that, I'm much more confident in Dak Prescott and the Cowboys' ability to put up points than I am Baker Mayfield's ability to keep up with Dak Prescott in that fashion. Now, the Browns could easily win this game if they jump out ahead, right? Play their game. That's what Baltimore did. Um Last year, then when they don't do it, you see what the results are. When they can play their game, they're very good. So if the Browns can jump out ahead, get a touchdown early, force a turnover or three and out early, and get up by like 10 points early, then they can play their game for the whole game, for for the whole four quarters, given that they don't do something like turn a ball over a lot on offense. If they do that, then they have a really good shot to win this game. But if they plan on going tick for tat with Dak, that's not going to be a winning strategy, and I think it is more likely that they're going to end up having to go tick for tack with Dak than they are going to be able to jump out ahead on the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I'm actually with you. I, I see this as an even matchup, but, but like you, I kind of see this as being a, a shootout. I, I think I think both teams are going to score. I think both teams um, are going to score a lot. I would I expect. I think the over under for this game is like 56 or something like that. I'm taking the over on this one for sure. Uh, the Dallas' defense has a lot of holes. Their pass rush is a one-man pass rush at this point. It's it's Alden Smith and Alden Smith only, and he's having a you know he's having a resurrected uh, career here at this point. But remember, the, this is a Falcons team. They, they faced a Falcons team that I believe put up 39 on them. The Seahawks should have scored, I think, 45 if DK doesn't if DK doesn't get the ball knocked out at the one yard line and through the back of the end zone. Uh, so I expect Baker Mayfield and this and this offense in the last couple weeks been pretty efficient. I mean, they've been pretty good. Low key, they're low key. This this Browns team over the last two weeks has been one of the best offenses in football. Um, and so and with the Dallas defense that has as many problems as they do, I expect Baker Mayfield to go out there and, and put some points on the board. Now, at the same time, for all the reasons Quincy outlined, right, the problems with with the uh, with the Browns, not just in the secondary, but in the linebackers as well. That that stuff over the middle uh, is, is not just second, the secondary. It's 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 BJ Goodson. It's it's guys like that. I know they got Mac Wilson back, which is a big get. Um, and we'll see how many reps he gets this week. But I expect Dak Prescott's going to put up a lot of points. One thing that's been weird about this year for Dallas, Zeke is not having a good year whatsoever, under four yards to carry. And that's and that you know that's not just like um, you know the situations he's put himself in, like goal line situations. Just just generally speaking, you look at even the more advanced uh, stuff on on Zeke's numbers, just not having a good year so far. Uh, but that hasn't stopped this Cowboys offense. I mean, they have a ton of weapons. You're talking about the, the addition, adding C.D. Lamb with Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper. Um, they've got some weapons there. So I expect this is going to be a, a shootout and in a shootout, anything can happen. Uh, I'll, pre- I'll predict that the Cowboys pull this one out because they're at home. 
Uh, but when you know when you're when you're when both teams are putting up 30, it's, it's who has ball last. And so we'll see what happens on Sunday. Ace, how do you see it playing out? So you guys are all on the Browns. I hear it. Okay, let's get back to reality. So the first thing, the first thing is first things first. Let, let's talk about the schedule now. The Browns have beat the Washington Redskins yep. and the Cincinnati Bengals. And Zach yes. Taylor, as inept as he is, somehow put up 30 points on their defense. But when they went against the Ravens, it was not pretty. So this is going to be another test. I don't care if Dallas is one and two or whatever. It's still the Cowboys. They're a very good team. The other thing is, I don't know if the Browns died or what happened, but I'm looking at this practice report and it is riddled with injuries here. Yeah, I did. You're talk talking about, about not having Kareem Hunt. You know, Odell Beckham Jr. is limited. He probably plays, but you just got a lot of guys on here that are somewhat banged up from that last game. And then you've got a Dallas team that's pretty hungry. I mean, I don't, I didn't really expect them to beat Russell Wilson with the pace that he's on. To me, he's the MVP of the season. But there's a big difference between Russell Wilson and Baker Mayfield. And last week we saw the Andy Dalton diet from Baker Mayfield. But this week the training wheels are going to have to come off. And like Quincy is saying, they're going to have to score with the Dallas Cowboys and, and Dak Prescott. And to me, this is a loaded Cowboys offense. As bad as they are on defense, they are loaded on offense. And we kind of talked earlier about the secondary being the issue. Now, Denzel Ward is on the injury report, but he should, it seems, play. He's been limited. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Quincy probably has more insight on that. But if Denzel Ward is not 100% and you have other guys in and out of that secondary with guys like CeeDee Lamb, with guys like Amari Cooper, that is going to be a tough, a tough game. This is really going to define, I think, whether or not you know, the first game against Baltimore was a fluke or if the Cleveland Browns that we have seen in the last two games is what they are. So I think that this is going to be a tough game for them, Quincy. I'm not I'm not going to lie to you, bro. Like this is this is a tough one for y'all. So I think I think that um, I have the Cowboys winning, but I want to see from Baker in this game what he can do to match them, because this is one of those games where you kind of have to take those training wheels off. And we've seen Baker do this before. Right. But this is going to have to be a game where he's going to have to throw two to three, maybe even four touchdowns. So I think that this is a game that's going to be a key one for the Browns, but I personally have the Cowboys taking this one. Yeah, I, I definitely think that is more likely to happen. Um, but with that injury report thing, as you notice, one thing with Kevin Stefanski I have noticed throughout three weeks is that he just likes to put anybody on the injury report, even though people like you know who are going to play. You get a status. You get a status. <laughs> he literally, like anybody who gets a day off. It's yeah, the Belichick he, way, man. It's yeah, the, that's he, how Belichick does it. He puts everybody. Like Jarvis Landry's on that injury report. He's been full for two days straight. He's not missed the practice at all. So the, the injury report looks how it looks. Um, but for the guys with soft tissue injuries, they can have three DNPs. They will probably play because he likes to play it safe there. He has like a very analytical approach there where he doesn't want to push guys too much. Um, it's the opposite approach to Freddie Kitchens and Freddie Kitchens resulted in a lot of injuries because those injury reports would not be full during the week. And then you'll get to the week four. And you're like, oh, no Denzel and greedy. What happened? Like, you know, so. Yeah. With that injury report, it, it, it's it's kind of misleading there. Like Jack Conklin's on there. Jack Conklin's definitely going to play. Joe Batonio's definitely going to play. Odell's going to play. You know, I think Kareem okay. Hunt's more than likely going to play. Olivier Vernon's going to get limited snaps. Denzel Ward will play. He finished the game. A lot of is those guys. Greedy, is Greedy coming back yet? Greedy uh, is limited, so it seems yeah. like. I would, I mean, he's working his way back. Is he's that individual drills or is that like. Limited is individual, yeah. 
Okay. Quiddy will probably see like five, ten snaps this week, tops, even if he practiced full. Um, it's just how Stefanski does it. He doesn't want to bring anybody off injury to play a ton of snaps that week they're back. So Greedy should come back. That's word around town that he's gonna come back. It's just he's not gonna play yeah. a ton of snaps. Either way, I don't think he really changes much. Um the secondary's issues really aren't I dare weird. you. I love yeah. Greedy. <laughs> I like Greedy too, but like Terrence Mitchell hasn't been bad in his replacement. Um yeah. So, you know, it, and it's not the outside cover corners that's been the problem. It's the it's the yeah. middle of the field. But they got Matt Wilson back, right? It's, it's, I know Wilson didn't get a ton of snaps last week, but he you think he gets back in the lineup uh, more this week? The issue with Mac Wilson and why I don't why I'm not as high on him fixing some of these issues with the Cleveland Browns mm-hmm. um, is that he's only going to take snaps away from Malcolm Smith for Sione Taki Taki. Those two have not been a problem when it comes to li- coverage with linebackers. B.J. Goodson's been a problem. And the yeah. issue with that is that B.J.'s the green dot. He's the only veteran on that defense. You can't really take him off the field because who's going to do the communication? The right. communication's already a mess right. with this defense. Try doing it without a green dot on the field, and it's, you're not at that point where you could just take BJ off the field if you want to. So, like, Mac Wilson, he'll probably see limited snaps. Um, honestly, I don't think he should see a ton of snaps this week unless they're going to play more linebackers, which I think is a huge mistake. Um, so, you know, it should be Malcolm Smith out there because he's actually been really good in pass coverage, and that's who you're going to need. So he might be fully healthy. I just don't think you're going to see a a lot of them. I don't think he's going to be that big of a factor. Again, the issues are communication, and um, with this secondary, they have decent personnel already. Like I know Grant Delpit's gone. That would have been a huge fix for this team because they could have ran more man. But when they're in zone, they just they need to communicate better. It's been that. That's been the issue. What's up, Ace? Is Demarcus Lawrence? I saw he didn't practice for the Cowboys two two games. Is he is he going to be out this game? Or seems like he might. I mean, he may be out. I, you never know because like when we play the Eagles. Um, they had uh Fletcher Cox on there, did not practice, did not practice, and then game day he's in there. So I, right. it's hard to tell from team to team. But Especially he did not practice. That's probably with veteran players. Yeah. I'm looking at his I'm looking at his snap counts right now, and his snap counts for the last two weeks have been about 40%. So they've been limiting him in game time and anyway. Tyron Smith, right, as well, did not practice Wednesday with a neck injury, limited today. That yeah. that could be huge, especially for Miles Garrett, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. has a finger. He was a game time decision last week for the Cowboys. So we'll see what he does this week. Um, that offensive line for Dallas also is an interesting point because we think of Dallas's offensive line. We're like, good. They're good, right? Like automatically. When you talk to Cowboys fans, they're like, hey, we have not been that good at the offensive line position for about four or five years, honestly. Like they haven't been that team in their mm-hmm. mind. They don't have Frederick anymore. They lost some pieces on there. Uh, now they, now they have. That to a Bengals fans. Oh, we haven't been good. No. <laughs> I haven't taken the Lambo out in a while. <laughs> well, I'm over here in a freaking Prius. All right. <laughs> Not even a Prius. You in a 95 yeah, Celica, yeah. bro. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the offensive line, they're having to do things. So they have what? What's what's their the Zach Martins out there playing right tackle for them. They have really good blocking tight ends, which helps them kind of lets and their blocking tight ends can take on defensive ends so that's been something i'm pretty sure they're not going to do that with miles garrett that would be kind of a foolish thing to do um but yeah it's kind of been a mix and mash they feel like they found their their the grouping that's going to be able to be decent against this defensive line we'll see i think this is still a test for the defensive line to be are they as good as all these advanced metrics say they are um and if they are that's going to help because again this game's going to come down for the cleveland browns is can you take away the, the I call it the score and the plus advantage? Can you get up a score and can you take away the halftime advantage from Dallas if they win the coin toss, right? Or yeah. even if you don't win, if they don't win the coin toss, can you stop them on that first drive and then score? It becomes a little bit easier there. But you need to get rid of the plus advantage and you need to score. And then if you do that, 
you might really have a good chance of being able to play this game how you want to, and that's not going to be good for Dallas. But if you let Dallas kind of control the pace, air it out, do their thing, let Dak be Dak, throwing all these targets, throwing all these uh, weapons, then yeah, the Browns are going to be in serious trouble. And yeah. that's not going to be good because I don't think Baker Mayfield's at that point in his development where he can do, you know, the Big Ben thing, where Big Ben can just step back there, find the guys open in the zone if he has enough time, boom, 20 yards downfield, boom, 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 keep doing that. That's where Dak's at in his development, not where Baker's at. So we'll see. Unless Especially they- on, the, in a, on the road like this in a big game, yeah. I mean, if, listen, if he does, I think we're all, you know, we're all going to be singing his praises on uh, on Tuesday for sure. Oh, yeah, if he does, I'm going to be do-rag yeah. Baker all week, baby. <laughs> 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 all right, let's let's wrap this thing up. Uh, thank you all for watching and, and listening today. Remember to hit the like button. Uh, we appreciate all of you who are subscribed. If you're not subscribed, I mean, let's, let's hit the hit the subscribe button. We do this live every Tuesday and Thursday, 5:45 p.m. Uh, so before we go, Ace, let people know where they can find your work. Yeah, appreciate you guys uh, supporting us. Please be sure to send this to all your AFC North fans or just people that enjoy football talk. Uh, but you can find me here on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You can also find me on New Stripe City. Uh, that's my personal YouTube page for the Bengals. And if you're ever wondering if Zach Taylor is ever going to get it together or how many times Joe Burrow can get blasted uh, because of Bobby Hart, you can comment in my subscription or in my comments, wherever you want to comment it at and leave it there. But I'm on New Stripe City on YouTube, also on Twitter at New Stripe City. Quincy, how about you? Where can people find your work? Find me on YouTube.com slash Quincy Carrier or just search the in the search bar for my name. I'll pop up. You'll see me. A couple takes I have there. So check that out there. Also, you can find me on Twitter at Quincy where I post stats that apparently make Stiller fans really bad, even though I'm not really targeting them with these stats. Um, but yeah. You're subtweeting every Steeler fan out there. We get it. We get yeah, it. I, know. I, I, I included Big Ben in the QBR tweet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. I compared Big Ben's first games, first three games of his third year to Baker's first three games. And boy, wow. I did not like that knowledge. Well, because you know what happened during Ben's third year, right? Because that was because oh, Ben's yeah. third year. Back Ben's third year, he's okay. First of all, he's coming off of a Super Bowl win. Okay. And secondly, he had a motorcycle accident and an appendectomy in the first week of the season. And he had a lame duck coach who retired, like, you know, right after the a season. Lame duck coach. Yes, Bill Cowher was the lame duck coach that year. Yes, Bill yes. Cowher. Ask any Steeler fans. Steeler fans in the chat, please back me up on this. Bill Cowher in his last year was always he was out of the game. He had won the Super Bowl. He was done. When Cowboys fans were talking about when they when fans back me up. When Cowboys fans were talking about how bad their offensive line was, oh yeah, you know Ace was like, yeah, I'm out here in the Celica. I'm not trying. Fans feel when you're like, oh yeah, Bill Cowher. Lame duck. No, 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 no. You can't listen. I'm not bad mouthing Bill Cowher. What I am saying is that Bill Cowher in his last season, he was checked out. He was 100% checked out that year. They went 8 8. They were a bad team. Anyway, anyway. is checked in and he's 2 and 8. Well, listen. (laughs) It's a wholly different situation there in Cincinnati. (laughs) All right. Uh, If you got this worst day times five is better than Freddie Kitchens. All right. Listen, bad was when I say bad year for the Steelers, remember, my bad is 8 and 8. Okay. That's bad for the Steelers. That's good for the Steelers as a defense coordinator. Yeah. Horrible as a coach. 8 and 8 is when we start talking fire Tomlin. Okay. That's that's how Steelers fans are. You got to remember. Slide Tomlin this way, Steeler fans. We will take him. We will gladly take him off of your hand. Bill Cower. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, If you guys, by the way, uh, this is in podcast form now as well. So if you prefer to listen to this, uh, you can go to wherever you find podcasts: iTunes, Spotify. Search AFC North Talk. This is in audio form as well. We will be back here on Tuesday, five forty-five, to recap Week Four in the NFL right here on AFC North Talk. Thanks, guys.